Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're broadcasting from NCC, the classic taking place at the fairgrounds at Buffalo County. Of course, a great cattle show as of this point. We'll talk cattle markets coming up in the second half, but we've got a lot of pertinent information when it comes to not only weather in South America, but some rumors with China and the chatter in Brazil. If you've got soybeans or just grain markets in general, you're not going to want to miss today's conversation as Arlen Suderman joins us with Stonex. And Arlen, let's kind of start out talking about the South American weather. What are some things uh, that you're seeing? Because it's a different story when you look at areas of South America and specifically the middle of Argentina. Yeah, Argentina, of course, went through several years of drought related to La Nina. And then about the beginning of the growing season, it started raining. And it rained and it rained and it rained a lot. And then it turned dry and hot and dry. Although the biggest part of the heat, the most intense heat, was to the west of the major producing areas. They still had quite a bit of heat. Uh, And now the rains are coming back once again. So it's been kind of an ebb and flow of things. We are seeing some private forecasters in Argentina start to lower their production estimates. The official estimates have not yet. Argentina plants over a long planting season, about a three-month planting season. So therefore, you can one weather event probably is not going to be a game changer for the crop because the, the planting, the crop development is spread out over such a wide distance of time. Um, so therefore, I, t- I get a little bit skeptical when I start seeing disaster stories out of Argentina, unless it's just a really long widespread drought. At this point, the official estimates are still pretty close to a normal crop. There's some that are out there still for an above normal crop. So I think we have to go with something close to normal yet at this point and see how this cycle continues to play out. Um, you know, think of it as being midsummer for their growing season right now. And it, of course, you know, I mean, I think it's an important reminder, producers, that weather can be different, just like it is here. You know, weather's different in Iowa than it is in Kansas, than it is in Texas. And that's the same thing when you're looking at South America, because you look at areas of Brazil and their weather is just complete polar opposite. Yeah, it really is. Uh, the center west area is their highest producing area, but in, in that alone, um, is well, let's look at Mato Grosso is the major portion of the center west, and it's 1.3 times the size of Texas. And center west is even bigger than than that, encompasses more area than that. As we look at Mato Grosso right now, about two thirds of their soybeans are harvested, and about two thirds of their winter corn crop is planted. In other words, the planters follow the harvesters, harvest the soybeans, plant the winter corn crop. So that's the key area right now. But there's Uh, If you look nationally, it's about a third of the soybeans are harvested, about a third of the winter corn has been planted. Uh, The areas where they're most intensely harvesting right now is kind of the areas where it's dry, so that works well. Where they're further along in harvesting and getting the corn planted, that's where they're getting rain right now. So there's really not a problem right now in Brazil per se. The concern is going forward, kind of the last half of March and through April, That's when the weather models are showing a tendency toward below normal rainfall. That starts to become more of a concern. Not enough of an indication yet that it's going to be a short crop. We would just say the risks are greater this year than normal, that it will be a short corn crop. How much is still hard to tell. 
or if it will be at all. We'll have to see how it plays out. Right now, Argentina and Brazil combined are expected to produce 179 million metric tons of corn this year. That's up from 172 million metric tons last year. Um, then we look at the fact that the U.S. and Ukraine, those are the other two major exporters in the world market, are both expected to peer back their corn acreage modestly this year. Uh, and, and then it comes down to what type of a growing season do we have here in the Midwest as well as in Ukraine. But we'll be keeping a close eye on how that weather pattern uh, goes in Brazil. With a 2.1 billion bushel carryout predicted right now in the United States, we have some margin for error in South America. We can absorb some increased export demand without needing to ration demand with higher prices. I know producers would all like to have higher prices, but every time you do that, you start rationing demand or slowing demand down. Um, so um, the markets are watching it, but at this point, there's no reason for them to really change direction. Since we're on to South America, let's talk about this uh, chatter that's out there in regards to their acre numbers. Yeah, I was talking to uh, one of our brokers yesterday, and I talked to them basically uh, multiple times a week. And we were talking about the USDA only bringing their soybean production estimate down 1 million metric tons. And he said, well, the talk down here in Brazil is that um, the satellite data is showing that perhaps we've been expanding soybean acreage faster than what we thought over the last few years. And that would also help explain why we've been seeing upward revisions to past year's production and why the cash market's not concerned. So while they had problems with their yields due to adverse weather this year, it was over more acreage and so therefore helping to offset that loss. And um, that's why we're not seeing a bigger drop in the uh, overall production totals. If in fact that is true, something we're trying to confirm, um, but uh, an indication that maybe they've been expanding soybean acreage even faster than what we thought. And that's been plenty fast all along as well at about four to six percent per year. Maybe it's been at an even faster rate than that. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming up as we get ready for the second half of today's channel, Final Bell. When we come back, our conversation to continue with Arlen Suderman as we talk about some rumors in China when it comes to soybean reserves. We'll also see what some of those influences are affecting the way we've seen the proteins trade today. Okay, more is coming up. It is the Channel Final Bell as we talk to you today from NCC The Classic in Kearney, Nebraska. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Let's have another channel chat with Grant Bailey. Grant and his wife Mackenzie own Bailey Ag Solutions near Norton, Kansas. Well, Grant with the channel and regional brands coming together, what do you see as the advantages? Well, what I see is we're, we're merging multiple strong portfolios um, to bring our customers more options to use on their farms to make them more profitable. What are you most looking forward to with the new channel brand? Probably the momentum. Channel has a good, strong momentum right now, um, but it, it's a great brand with strong products. Uh, this is only going to make us stronger and have a better market presence uh, nationwide. Well, Channel is here to help farmers rise to the challenge. For more on the new Channel brand, you can contact Bailey Ag Solutions at Norton, your local Channel seed professional, or go to channel.com slash rise. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. ARVN. 
Welcome back once again to the channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield at NCC The Classic, which of course is underway in Kearney. We're going to uh, talk a little bit more with Arlen Suderman as he joins us with Stonex about these China rumors. Uh, let's talk about what's happening and the chatter that you're hearing out there when it comes to their bean reserves. Yeah, we saw um, soybean futures in, on the China's market uh, come under pressure today largely because of rumors in the cash market there that the government is preparing to uh, dump, and this is unconfirmed rumors, that they're preparing to dump a million metric tons, which would be 36.7 million bushels of soybeans, onto the cash market, make it available at auction. And uh, that would be more of a bearish thing for Brazil's market, but that then has an impact on U.S. market as well. Basically, imports in the first quarter of the year are expected to be about 4 million metric tons, lower than they were a year ago during the same period due to decreased shipments during the period. And so rather than come to the U.S. to get quick shipments um, out of the PNW Pacific Northwest, which that's already operating near capacity, um, they would just release some soybeans from the reserves. And that's what I warned our people about last fall when we saw them building those reserves that that might be one of the things that they have in mind is uh, rather than depend on more U.S. soybeans, partially due to the problems in the Panama Canal, and now you add to it the Red Sea problems uh, of just releasing from the reserves. So that's sales that we don't get, sales that Brazil does not get, and it means that uh, just stretches Brazil's supplies that much further through our marketing year. And uh, another one of the reasons why we saw double-digit losses for much of the day in the U.S. soybean market today. So you and I talked about this off-air. Why is it so crucial right now for our guys to be paying attention to this kind of information that's coming out and the way that they're going to be marketing this 24 crop? Yeah, when I posted some on that on um, X, formerly Twitter, I got hit up by a lot of farmers saying, why are you putting out negative news and hurting the markets? Do you not like us type of thing? And, and frankly, it's come down. If it, the market has that information, I'm trying to provide it to farmers so that they can act on the same information that the market has. Uh, it's not like I'm giving any new information to the market. The market tends to have those sources of information, and I want our producers to have that information as well. All right, let's take a look at the protein side of it and uh, obviously some slightly mixed trade on, on this cattle market. They were a bit cautious as they started out today's trading day. What are your thoughts on the way these proteins ended up moving? Yeah, we did kind of firm up late in the day in the hog market, but uh, prior to that, it was mostly weaker on the hogs and stronger on the cattle. Um, we had another six loads uh, delivered overnight on the cattle side um, with... Uh, um, some good basis opportunities there, though we expect that the packers are going to want to increase their inventories. And so the expectation is still that uh, we'll see steady to higher cash market this week than what we had last week. Uh, we have seen um, the expectations for the cattle on feed report on Friday really tighten up to expectations now that it'll show 88.4% of year ago levels on placements which again just kind of confirms that the big placement numbers we had last fall was not an increase in cattle overall, but simply pulling them forward due to weather and other factors, 
pulling those cattle forward, increasing the size of the hole now as we get deeper into this year. So that cattle inventory issue is still there. And that overall continues to support the feeder cattle market as well. The question is going to be, you know, is the consumer going to pay up for the product market? Uh, the product market on, on cattle has been holding better than maybe we expected, but still struggling of late uh, with the bigger supplies that we saw over the past quarter. Hog supplies, the hog product has been doing real well, and that's been supporting a, a strengthening and ongoing firming of the cash market and of the product market until yesterday. And yesterday it took a hit led by the the belly market and today the belly market was hurting once again pulling down the product market and that's why we saw periods of weakness but overall we continue to see fund money coming into both the cattle market and the hog market with consumer sentiment until now anyway been trending higher and as long as it trends higher the consumer tends to keep on paying up for those higher cuts of meat so that's going to be critical we have a big earnings report coming from NVIDIA later on this afternoon that could really set the tone for the stock market going forward. And that that could impact um, consumer sentiment as well, either positive or negatively. So we'll be keeping our eyes on that. All right. Sounds good, Arlen. Uh, real quick, folks can see you at Commodity Classic next week in Houston, Texas. But before that, how do they get a hold of you? Donex.com or over on X, formerly Twitter. My handle's Arlen. A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that is today's Channel Final Ballot is brought to you by Channel Seed and the Channel Seed Professional. And as always, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.